we have joy because Jesus came, but we also have hope and joy that Jesus is coming again. And so we have that eternal hope and joy kind of springs forth out of that. You're listening to the Upside Down Podcast, a place for unscripted conversations on life and faith. Join us as we discuss what it looks like when Jesus turns our lives upside down. Hi, and welcome to Upside Down Podcast, unscripted conversations on life and faith. We are glad you're here. We are here today to talk about joy. I'm your host, Shannon Evans, and I'm here with Christy James, Kayla Craig, Lori Harris, and Lizzie Wallace. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Joyful. <laughs> 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 yeah. See what I did there? I see. Yeah, I, I got I, it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so, yeah, we are rounding the corner for the end of Advent into Christmas here. And so in this kind of season of Advent, has there been a song or a hymn that is bringing you guys joy? Mm. Yes. <clears throat> I will go first. Just because I think half of you guys will laugh at me, but I, I listen to Chris Tomlin. Mm-hmm. So no uh, go ahead and laugh, Kayla. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I his first song is it? I think it's heck, he reigns forevermore. Is that the song? Is that the title? You probably does anybody know? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I'm not opposed to listening to Chris Tomlin, but I don't know that I would know the name of the songs. Okay, well, yeah. they play it on his radio 47 mm-hmm. times a day. So <laughs> that is the song that is bringing me great joy because it talks about just in the darkness of the world, you know, that like the king is going to reign. Like mm-hmm. he's coming back. It's just, it's a beautiful song. I like songs that build, you know, have a climax. Mm-hmm. And this oh, one yeah. does, as all of Christopher's do. That's good. I've been, this is Christy. I've been really into, I heard the bells on Christmas day this year, specifically the version by, uh, the band called branches. They have a little Christmas. It's called Christmas songs. It's an EP and I love, so there's definitely builds. It's like a lot of minor keys. And then, but when it gets to the part where it, you know, it says, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth. I said for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then it like just like roars and it says, then peel the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And every time I like try to sing it. And then by like two lines in, I'm like, like it's so good. I'll try to, I'll put the link to that. It's on Spotify. So I'll put the link in. We, We should probably put all of these in the show notes. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, Christy, I think this is Kayla, and I feel like mine's kind of along the same lines. I love Oh Holy Night. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it has that build. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I think, okay, are there really people in churches all across the country seeing this? Like, are Mm -hmm. they seeing these words? Like, are they hearing what they're saying? And my my favorite part is when it says, truly he talks taught us to love one another his law is love and his gospel is peace chains he shall break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease and that's just like i just like do like the fist pump in the air like yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. amen Mm -hmm. Lindsay, yeah i really like the little drummer boy and I can't oh, yes. say I haven't listened to it, but as far as like 
Christmas songs or hymns that would be my favorite. I think I would have to say that one. I just love the idea of a child and a boy and, you know, just the way he brings, like he brings what he has. It's like the little boy with the fish and the loaves, you know, like he just brings what he has to Jesus and he recognizes that it's just that it's what he has. And just the relational, like I am a poor boy too. I don't know. I just love, Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that song and kind of what it represents. And yeah, in that kind of subversive, like, I'm just going to play my drum because it's what you gave me and it's the gift that I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally so into that song right now because of what you just said. <laughs> never in my life, like, cared for that song. <laughs> You're talking and I'm like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, this is Shannon, and I feel like my voice is weird today because I have a cold, but I think the one I had in mind was the same as yours, Kayla, Oh Holy Night. Mm. Like a good little Catholic girl, I am not blaring the Christmas music yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> but so I feel like I should say, like, so come, oh, come, Emmanuel. <laughs> so honestly, I'm a, little, I'm a little tired of that song at this point. But the Oh Holy Night, I love, I do love the part that, that you mentioned, Kayla. But the part mm-hmm. that has been kind of in my head these days is the, the thrill of hope, a weary world mm-hmm. rejoices. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I look around and our world is mm-hmm. so weary and those those lines seem so timely for mm-hmm. us right now. Yeah. yeah. So Shannon, I ha- this is Kayla, and I have to ask, you said like a good little Catholic girl. Is that a thing? Because I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so traditionally, and it's not just Catholics, it's like Anglicans and Episcopalians, usually the more liturgical denominations will have Advent sort of be more quiet time of reflection and so Mm -hmm. so even with music like there's some music that's about the waiting and then there's some that's like joy to the world where it's all about the rejoicing so we we save the rejoicing stuff for christmas and then fun fact the 12 days of christmas is actually starts on christmas day and goes for 12 days and so that's the part that's like the rejoicing but because it's more profitable for mm. retailers to make you think it's the 12 days before because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then they can kind of milk that. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what our, our culture has started to think. But So do anyways. you have a Christmas tree now or do you wait? I do. I do. We have a Christmas tree and, and Catholics totally do it different. I'm not speaking for all Catholics, but I know a lot of people do try to wait. And so we have a tree. We don't have lights on it yet, but normally by this point we would. But we, we wait to decorate it to Christmas Eve day Mm. and we so that's kind of our tradition yeah Mm -hmm. so so then we leave it up you know Mm -hmm. for like the 12 days or whatever but we're actually traveling so we're probably going to do it a little earlier this year because we're Mm going to be gone like for quite a while after Christmas so Mm. I kind of like that yeah Yeah, it's fun it's like you know the kids really look I mean all kids look forward to decorating Mm -hmm. but it's nice to have like a day that is our tradition Mm -hmm. that we do it and that anticipation that you can kind of experience with your kids especially Mm -hmm. or that you're just purposeful in it there's a reason Mm -hmm. why you do each thing that you do that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do we have time on the schedule today? Oh, yes. We're going to put the tree up today. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like an accidental, like, Catholic or Episcopalian because sometimes we just don't get our tree until really late and then we leave it up forever. <laughs> but, <laughs> without the intentionality. You're just being liturgical. I am. <laughs> So to bring it back to what we're actually talking about, before we jump into joy, which is going to be a really fun conversation, I think, 
I wanted to ask if you guys have happened to come across any reviews, either on your personal feeds or on the Upside Down podcast on iTunes. Have you guys seen any reviews that have meant something to you? Well, we had one review on iTunes by someone that I know. Her name's Amanda oh, Vargas. And the cool thing about Amanda is I met her several years online on my blog. She entered a contest oh, to cool. win an advent calendar that I made. And it took me forever to make it. So I said, I'll never forget that. Um, but she left a review on iTunes and it says, thank you for a podcast that makes me feel less alone. But mm. most importantly, for a podcast that both humbles me and inspires me. I look mm. forward to each and every episode. Oh, that's so Aww. great. Mm. I actually have, this is Christy. I have one from someone that I know too, which is a good reminder. If you're friends of ours, please don't <laughs> not like share a review because you feel like, oh, they know I listen. Or, you know, because you feel like, I don't know, it would be weird to do that because we're friends in quote unquote real life. Because... It means a lot. And like we say every time, when you leave a review and you, you know, give us five stars or whatever you think it's, you know, worth, it helps people find us. So No, we need five stars. I recommend if five. If you leave us three, you're not getting a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. You won't get a late advent calendar from Lori if you leave <laughs> So my friend Megan Cockrell wrote this. She says, I said an audible yes when I got the Upside Down podcast email saying a new podcast was available. These ladies have great things to say on real life issues. I love how they all bring a different perspective and aren't afraid to wade through what the Upside Down gospel looks like and how it affects our lives. And um, I like that she mentioned that she signed up for the emails too. It's a really easy way to stay on top of it. So either subscribe or join our mailing list. And you too can give an audible yes. When you get the notification. Right. <laughs> Maybe a, a fist pump in the air. Totally. A Kayla listening to Oh Holy Night. Yes, exactly. Yes. But yeah, Megan, thanks for leaving that. It means a lot. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I had one on my personal Instagram that I thought was kind of fun. Uh, Becky T. Carter on Instagram said, I recommend this podcast all the time and love that I can to all friends, regardless of their religious affiliations. Thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, I like yeah. That. yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you want to leave a review, we would appreciate it so much. Like Christy said, it just increases the odds that other people will stumble across our little podcast and hopefully be uh, encouraged to live the upside down kingdom life. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to do that, you can head head over to iTunes and leave a review by opening the store or the app. If you're not signed in, obviously sign in with your Apple ID, find Upside Down Podcast, then tap Reviews. And here's where we always say not the Upside Down Podcast because that's a sci-fi one. Um, Tap (laughs) Reviews under iTunes Customer Reviews or App Store Customer Reviews. Tap Write a Review and you should be good to go, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, I love this podcast. I give it a five. You should listen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're gonna jump into joy. Jump into joy. I jump like into joy. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a coffee joy, mug. Whatever you guys. You know, <laughs> sounds feeling. like a coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what do you guys think? Do you think is there a difference between happiness and joy? Hmm. Well, if you read Anne Voskamp's One Thousand Gifts, <laughs> which you do, oh no, which I did. <laughs> 
four times. Four times. I'm a four fucking times. super fan, for those of you who don't know. Uh, Laurie's the cheerleader. Yes, I'm an and cheerleader. But, yes, there's an absolute difference between happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. And so what, what does she say about it? Well, I, I'm not going to tell you. No, no, did you read it? <laughs> it's just no yes. Well, I think joy is this deep, abiding belief that you know God is in control and he is working things out for your good. And so there's a, a deep-seated I hate to call it even an emotion, mm-hmm. but I, I'm guessing it's an emotion or it's the belief that from whatever's going on, you can experience joy in that because you know it's for your good and for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And happiness, I think, is sometimes is a fleeting emotion based upon an experience or something good that happens um, is going to evoke happiness. But joy is something that that doesn't change. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's an abiding thing. Um, that mm-hmm. you choose. You can choose to be joyful or you can choose not to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of happiness as very circumstantial, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Certain things make me happy. Certain things don't make me happy. And so it's just very much based in what are my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I think we joke about this sometimes not on the air, but a lot of times I ask my husband, he's a pastor, like, what do you think about joy right before we get on? <laughs> and um, one of the things that he said tonight, which I was like, that's a perfect way to put it, is he was like, joy is um, related to your circumstances in that it provides an occasion for your joy. Like circumstances provide an occasion for your joy or your lack of joy to show. So like yeah. circumstances yeah. don't cause joy or a lack of joy. But like you're saying, yeah. Lindsay, I think circumstances can affect your emotions but through circumstances, you'll kind of discover whether you have joy or whether you have a lack of joy. And another yeah. thing I saw as I was kind of, this wasn't Good. from Duff, but the the difference between like an emotion and an orientation. And as I was thinking through this, I think I settled on feeling like, like happiness is an emotion, but joy is an orientation. Like joy yes. is a, yeah. Um, yeah. like a, a direction of the heart or a, a position of the heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anne would say joy is, is the truth. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I pulled out really today because I was going to pick a quote, and I was like, no, I'm not going to pick a quote. And you're like, and I'll just read the whole book, <laughs> fine. <laughs> tell you what's in my heart. She would say joy is the wellspring of a grateful heart. You know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Lori, I'm glad that you said that because I've kind of been thinking about this idea that joy is – is happiness plus gratitude. So it's kind yeah. of this, mm-hmm. this combination. And, and we can have joy in our suffering and in our trials and in our sorrow. But when we are rejoicing, so like rejoicing when we are living out that joy, it's a happiness and a gratitude coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are different is what we're saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Very different. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I just finished reading Pope Francis's encyclical, The Joy of the Gospel, with um, the women in my small group that meet in my house once a week. And he talks about a lot of things in there, but I loved this one quote about joy specifically. He says, there are Christians whose lives seem like Lent without Easter. Mm-hmm. Of course, joy is not expressed the same way at all times in life. It adapts and changes. But it always endures, even as a flicker of light born of our personal certainty that when everything is said and done, we are infinitely loved. Mm -hmm. I just, I think, yes, that is 
the root of joy is knowing we are loved. It's that simple, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think of like my kids and of course, you know, I, it's the same thing with happiness. My kids are certainly not always happy, but I, I think that they have this inner, inner certainty that they are loved forever, no matter what. Mm. And, um, I don't know. I just, it, it like warms my heart, I guess, to use mm-hmm. a corny phrase, to, to think of, of the Lord feeling like that about me. And then my joy can come from that mm-hmm. confidence. Mm-hmm. Well, what about peace? Do you, do you think there's a difference between having peace and having joy? Hmm. Yeah, I was, I would say so. I think it's hard when you are experiencing a, a traumatic event or on um, the death of a loved one or, you know, something like that there might be an unsettledness in your spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that, oh gosh, I don't know that you experience joy in that moment or peace in that moment. I think it's through the process of experiencing both that you can experience the peace and from the peace comes the joy. Mm-hmm. Does that make any mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that came to mind when I was kind of thinking <clears throat> through this was the fruit of the spirit. But, you know, it says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so I was reading in my, I have an ESV study Bible. So I was just looking down in the notes and it says that in that love is listed first because it's the greatest quality and and that most clearly reflects the character of God. And then it says joy comes next because it is by rejoicing in God's salvation that we show our effect, that our affections are rightly placed and then peace comes next after that. And it was just really interesting to think about love, joy, and peace kind of, I, I mean, yeah. I never even stopped to think like, oh, is the order of these intentional? And, you know, mm. I didn't do any further research than that, but it was neat to like start thinking about the connection between those and that, you know, when we can recognize like the character of God, which is love then we can rejoice in it when we recognize that like our relationship with God is born out of that love and his character. And then that we have peace knowing those, like it just was neat to see the way that it builds on each other. So I think they're different, but I think it's really hard to separate those two, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. can you be, I think your like our ability to be joyful, like the extent of our joy is related to our peace and like our the peace of our soul. Yeah. yeah and our confidence in what God has done for us. Like if we're really, you know, like peace in the sense, not in the sense that like, Oh, I can sleep at night, but peace in the sense that like, I am like restored, you know, like I am um, like my soul is at rest, you know, like that kind of thing. Well, Christy. And when you said like what God has done for us Mm and T Wright kind of has this idea that joy is connected with God's deliverance, Mm -hmm. God's rescuing God's presence so we're kind of in this Advent season and the coming of Jesus is, is joy. Like that's where the wellspring of joy comes from, you know, seeing, hearing, understanding, learning to live kind of within this narrative that Jesus really is Lord of all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that is, that is deep joy. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So in Luke 2, when Christ has been born into the world and the angels announce his birth to the shepherds, they say, Mm -hmm. we bring you good news of great joy for all people. What do you think 
it means joy, that it's joy for all people, that the good news of Jesus is joy for all people. What does that mean to you personally, I guess? I think joy is almost, in this case, synonymous with salvation. I mean, mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole point of Jesus coming was for our salvation. It wasn't for our happiness. It wasn't for our comfortableness. It wasn't for any of those other things that we, we desire. It was for our salvation. Um, it was to give us abundant life. So I think the joy for all people is this idea that the good news of Christ means it's salvation for all people, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think we see in the Gospels the tenderness of Jesus towards the poor. And I think it's true in our day, and I know it's probably true even more so in their day, that you know the class discrepancy was so huge. Like, what might be good news for the rich was not necessarily good news for the poor. And we all know that that's still true today. Um, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, we look at the Gospels and we see the ones he ministered to, the ones he spent time with, surrounded himself with, were certainly not, you know, the prestigious religious figures of the day. I don't know. I guess I just think about, I, I totally, yeah, just adding on to what you're saying, Lori, because I totally agree with it. But but I just thought that was such beautiful phrasing, mm-hmm. you know, for the, for the angels to say, you know, for the joy of all people, that mm-hmm. no one is excluded. And not mm-hmm. just from eternal life, but from a redeemed, a healthy, a just life on earth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, you know, when we're, I don't, for those of us who grew up in church, you know, when you hear this story, it's like the sheep are always really cute and like, you know, the shepherds are on this, you know, pretty countryside, but the fact that, you know, that like it's the first people right after the birth, like the, mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. ones that hear the news are these yeah. nomads, like people who don't have high standing and, mm-hmm. you know, probably not super like well kept, you know, like they're, mm-hmm. they live outside, yeah. they're traveling all the time. Their job mm-hmm. is to take care of stupid animals. Like not, I'm not saying animals are stupid. I'm saying like, you know, regularly we talk about how sheep are not smart animals. Right. Like they're hard to take care of and they right. can't tr- like they can't, they need somebody to take care of them. Um, but it's also so cool because, you know, you've got this theme of shepherd all throughout mm. scripture. Yeah. So it makes perfect yeah. sense that that's where the news would come first, but it's also like over and over again. It's very upside down, I guess is what I'm saying that like, mm-hmm. yeah. this yeah, is where but... they would show up first that like yeah. the Messiah is born and the people who hear about it are these like, like they're just not important people living outside in the countryside. And, and just like how cool, you know, we talk about affirming the dignity in people um, as image bearers. And I can't think of something that affirms the dignity of these shepherds more than a great multitude of the heavenly hosts. (laughs) Right. 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 That pretty much seals the deal. I know. Singing glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. I mean, what would that have been like as a shepherd to be out there Mm -hmm. and have that happen? It would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to think about the context that they were living in too. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't just good news for the Jewish people. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't just good news for 
this is good news for everyone. This mm-hmm. is not just good news for the religious elites or the mm-hmm. people who do the right thing or say the right thing mm-hmm. or look the right way. Like this is good news, great joy for all people. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, we kind of take that for granted, but if we really take that back, like that is revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So along that lines, what is our responsibility if, if the good news must be good news for everyone in order to be good? What is our responsibility to create a world of joy um, or a society Mm -hmm. of joy for all people where the gospel feels true for everyone? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a loaded question. It's a good question. I think it's it's the perfect time of year to be thinking about that because it's so easy to just just say joy to the world. Yay. You know, Mm -hmm. and, and feel so good and warm fuzzies. Mm-hmm. But we forget, like, what are the implications of that, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the world that we live in, in our society? Yeah, I, this is Lindsay. I quoted Craig Greenfield in the special interview episode that we did with Tyler Burns. But in his book, Subversive Jesus, he says, in order to bring the good news to people, we have to first understand what their bad news is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. I think, like, we are following a Jesus who left heaven, right? Heaven Mm -hmm. (laughs) to come to like the ghetto, basically. Like he left heaven to come to earth that's full of sin and brokenness. And, and so he came because now in, and he walked among us and he lived, you know, a sinless life, but still a hard life. And, you know, we read that Jesus wept and that Mm -hmm. he, lost people that he loved and he watched, you know, just disease and death and brokenness. So he came and now he knows our bad news. Like he, he can intimately identify with our bad news. Mm -hmm. And so I think when it comes to enacting that joy for all people and how, how do we make it feel true? Well, we enter into their bad news first, Mm -hmm. right? Like before you try to bring good news to somebody, you owe it to them to to learn and to listen. Okay, what's your life actually like every day? Mm-hmm. What's your bad news? You know, because then I can tell you about the good news. But first, I have to understand because mm-hmm. that's what Jesus did. That's that was Christ putting on flesh. He came to us and he learned and lived and walked our bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's what it feels like for me is is figuring out first before I try. And I think too, like anybody who's heard sort of a more evangelical take on Christianity like there's this emphasis on share the gospel share the gospel save 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 yeah um but in order to save the world and I'm totally stealing this quote from Father Boyle at Homeboy Industries you have to savor it first like you Mm, have to actually like love these people you know before you just focus on save 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 them Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. And so I think the two go hand in hand, like savoring and actually enjoying people and understanding what their life is like before, mm-hmm. before you try to give them the good news. And they need the good news, not to say that you withhold that, but it's not like a magic pill that you swallow and mm-hmm. everything's okay, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not, not circumstantial like we talked about earlier in happiness and joy. It's, it's a choosing to trust in that deep love mm-hmm. that you have from the father right so yeah i think sometimes maybe like in the zeal to share the gospel maybe like people are 
you know, quick to like acknowledge the spiritual badness in people. And, and so we're like, oh, okay, well, we acknowledge the badness. Like we acknowledge the bad, let's move on to the good. But I think, you know, part of what you're saying, Lori, or um, Lindsay is like, yes, we need to like acknowledge sin, but we also need to look at the like experiential brokenness of what's right. happening. Like you can't separate the, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, all of those things. Like when God redeems a person, he redeems the whole person. But part of that is looking at the brokenness of a whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. So this is Kayla here. And I've been thinking about this question, Shannon, that you pose. Like, what is our responsibility to create a world of joy for all, all people? And something about that is like, is hard for me. Like something is, there's some sort of tension there for me. And I think it's this idea that we have to work, work, work to create Mm -hmm. joy, but joy, joy is Jesus. And so we just get to live the gift of being ambassadors of that joy Mm -hmm. and just being with people and letting joy radiate out of us and being with them in the hard and being with them in the broken if that makes any sense. So I don't know if we have a responsibility to create joy. I think joy is something that we have and we get to give to yeah. others. If that makes sense. And, and not in like an over spiritual way, because obviously we need to like, we need to sit with people and be with them. And, but I don't think it's like a, we have to work really hard and be like really striving for this. Mm-hmm. Like that's the gift of joy is that it, it is a, gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit in our personal lives, what circumstances just with your particular personality or makeup, what circumstances make it the hardest for you to choose joy in your life? Well, Who I think to go for <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe our circumstances reveal our joy and maybe our joy is a result of how maybe how assured we feel in what God has done in our lives, you know? So I guess like the almost like systematic answer is like when I'm not really believing that, that God like looks at me and sees Jesus, you know, that when I, when I, when I expect him that he looks at me and sees and is disappointed or when I expect that he looks at me and, and can't not see my sin, then I can't feel joy, you know, instead of trying to figure out how I can claim that like joy again, I, if I go back to scripture and remind myself of verses like Zephaniah three seventeen, which is talking about, you know, the day of the Lord and being like God being like with his people. And it says that the, it says the Lord God is in your midst, midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I'm like, okay, well, if that's how he sees me, if he's dancing over me, then I can, I I can be joyful regardless of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say this is Kayla and just not as a super spiritual answer, but um, I'm one of those people that likes to feel in control and that, that sense mm. of control and that desire to be doing the things and thinking the things and that kind of idea can really block joy for me. And this, this kind of cynicism that can come in with that is a really hard 
hard marker that I'm missing the point and I'm missing the joy and I'm not allowing to, to be present with the spirit. And I'm not, I'm not truly, I think in those moments when I'm seeking control, I'm not truly believing that God is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of thinking like, yeah, Lord, you do your thing. I'll do mine because I love you. But there's like a block there that, that prevents us when, I don't know if any of you guys, maybe Lindsay, maybe we have a similar personality in that way, but, and then it can lead to, well, if I'm not doing it right, then things are wrong or the world is wrong or look at this mess, <laughs> this, yeah. this country, this world that we live in. And then the cynicism kind of <clears throat> seeps into my heart and the joy gets left behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kayla, I was going to say I've, and this isn't, uh, this isn't a specific example, but I do think it's hardest for me when I feel like a failure, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of what you were saying, like, everything's all jacked up, everything's screwed up, you know, and I failed. So, mm-hmm. what you know, there's no joy in that mm-hmm. <laughs> is where I get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for me, when I, when my eyes turn inward, <clears throat> then I, I lose my capacity for joy in the Lord mm-hmm. because I'm focused on Lori's weakness, Lori's stress, Lori's right. uh, calendar of events, Lori's kids who are embarrassing her at school, you know, I mean, like all of, all of those things, when my eyes are on myself, I cannot focus on Christ who is joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on, on another note, is it hard to make room for the joy of others? <clears throat> Do things like jealousy and comparison or even judgment against others, do they keep us from releasing others into their joy or, or mm. allowing them to have it. Mm. I just know for myself, I've been through seasons where I am, I was raised to be very, my parents are both very mercy oriented, very works. I mean, they're big grace people, but like, you know, you, faith without works is dead. Like you should, you know, you, mm-hmm. you <laughs> do good in this world. You know, my parents, held that in in really high regard so I think there was a time in my life where I really struggled to be excited for friends or family members who who wanted to pursue something other than like explicit ministry or any type of you know anything that was obviously working to make the world a better place so Mm -hmm. just you know it's like and my husband is is in the arts and so you know for there were times when it was hard to encourage specific things because I didn't see how that was making the world a better place. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just beauty to mm-hmm. bring the beautiful part of God into the world. And that's, that doesn't mm-hmm. have to be justified, you know? Anyway, so I, maybe I was thinking that when I kind of crafted this question of just the judgment in my heart that, that refused to release other people into the joy that the Lord had for them, because I had these ideas of, what they should be doing differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think I've probably experienced that with jealousy and comparison as well. Yeah. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Or is it just me? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all of us. We can just be really quiet because (laughs) (laughs) it's it's absolutely true. I mean, there are times in my life when I have felt like God was quiet or God was not doing what I wanted him to do, or I had felt abandoned. And mm-hmm. social media has a huge 
play in that, you know, because you see what appears to be the work of the Lord in someone else, mm. and their jealousy or comparison creeps into that because it's like, well, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you withholding from me what you are so freely giving to them? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really, it really will creep in to steal any joy that I could have in the Lord. And that's a horrible place to be. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It happens more frequently than I would like to admit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's, it reminds me of how connected joy and peace are, because the first thing that came to mind when you were kind of sharing your story, Shannon, was a time when a friend of mine, it was uh, probably in the hardest year of our church plant. This is Christy, by the way. And um, a friend of mine called and said that they were, that someone had recommended that they consider church planting and recommended that they go through assessment and all of this. And I was like, oh gosh, don't do it. Like, this is the worst. (laughs) Everyone thinks this is so like sexy and it is just not, it's like the hardest thing. I mean, it was totally because I, I was not in a place of peace or trust or I was really wrestling with what God was doing with us. And so my joy, you know, was not really there. And so, so yeah, I, I, like for me, sometimes it's more, I mean, I definitely have like the jealous, the envy stuff for sure, but it also happens kind of on the other side where I'm like, uh, yeah, no, don't do this. (laughs) Don't do that. That's a bad idea. There, there will be no joy there for you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's a quote. This is Kayla, and I've been showing my journalism side and <laughs> pulling all of these, like, deep cuts, kind of this theological thinking, like, what is joy? Because I'm like, well, I have an idea of, like, what culture tells us mm-hmm. joy is. And I kind of have this idea the church says, which, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't always see the church as a whole as like a super joyful place. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like yeah. mournful or kind of just like the, like at least, you know, n- not my personal church. It's just in general, there's kind of in this general. idea that joy, like you're not being super holy if you're joyful. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like the Lent without Easter. Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a quote from a German theologian, and he says, Sometimes it seems to me that compassion with the suffering of others is easier than the compassion with the joy of others. We feel so good if we can have mercy with somebody else, and we feel some envy if somebody else feels joy and success. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't that just, like, heart? Yeah. It does. It's so true. Yeah, because there's something about having compassion with the suffering that beefs me up, that makes me very prideful, you Mm -hmm. know? Oh, I can do that. Mm -hmm. But to to be on the flip side and be joyful with someone that I might be envious of is a whole other Mm ballgame. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's the the passage that says, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice, right? Is that (laughs) it? And I think sometimes that's it, right? It's, sometimes I think yeah. it's like it's easier to weep with the weepers than it is to <laughs> celebrate with the rejoicers, you know, mm-hmm. because we're self-centered. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. What would you guys say? What is the part that hope plays in in owning our joy that the Lord has given us? What part does hope play? Mm. 
Well, I, uh, this is Kayla. I was just going to say, I kind of mentioned that joy is God's rescuing. And so we have joy because Jesus came, but we also have hope and joy that Jesus is coming again. And mm-hmm. so we have that eternal hope that and joy kind of springs forth out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was actually going to read a quote from another theologian, Sarah Bessie. Mm-hmm. Um, a slightly and, more modern yeah a little bit easier name. more pronounceable Not... yeah <laughs> uh, so this is actually from a blog post that she wrote last year but it stuck with me and so I kept it I'm a collector of quotes but she said joy is born not from pretending everything is fine but from holding both hope and truth together the Christian can stand in that liminal space the place of grief even there with joy why Because joy is the affirmation of the thing that is truer than any trouble, any affliction. The affirmation that love wins. Mm -hmm. Jesus is as good as we hope. It's all worth it and all will be redeemed. And I think for me, like, I kind of turned a little emo in the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's not that December is always a really hard month, but it seems like last year, December was a really difficult month worldwide, not just for me personally. And then this year with everything that's going on in Aleppo, I feel like there's this heightened sense of what Kayla just referenced, which is the already not yet tension, you know, so he he came, yes, but the world is not yet whole like Mm -hmm. we're still living in the broken you know and so for me it's holding out to that that all will be redeemed even though recognizing right now it it is really hard Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely feel that i love that too uh lindsay and i i mean i often think am i just battling depression like what is this heavy weight that is on me all the time it is not until I really get in the word or I get around other believers who are really wrestling with the same things that I'm wrestling with. And it is that tension of, yes, mm-hmm. Christ has come and he's coming again. And we are waiting for the coming mm-hmm. Messiah again mm-hmm. because the world is so broken. And the weight of the brokenness, particularly at holidays, I think, particularly at Christmas, but just in hol- holidays in general, mm-hmm. it is just magnified um, yeah. because of the the... Even if it's superficial joy, even the appearance of joy magnifies the depth of despair that a lot of our world lives in. Mm -hmm. And today I was was shopping with one of my kids today, and I hate shopping, but we were at the bookstore, and she wanted a hot chocolate, and I was ordering her hot chocolate, and I looked over, and I saw a man who, at first glance, didn't appear to be homeless, but... At second glance, I knew he was homeless. Mm -hmm. And he had come in because it had been 15 degrees last night. He'd gotten in the mall, and he was going to sit there as long as they let him sit, you know. Mm -hmm. And as I was walking by, I can't tell you what it did to my spirit to to recognize in that moment, here we are coming to spend our money on Christmas gifts and be joyful in the moment. And here is this man who is going to be let out into the cold at any given moment. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I, I like the tears welled up in my eyes and I thought, Lord, I can't stand this. Mm-hmm, like this mm-hmm. is so utterly painful right. and I don't know how to experience, experience joy with Greenlee today because that's mm-hmm. what she needed. How do I experience that with her? Mm-hmm. And in the same moment, experience such despair for someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched this yeah. video right before I got on this call that was from Aleppo and it was a there was a woman who was on her way to the hospital to deliver her baby and a barrel bomb that is that what they're called a barrel bomb was dropped and went off and some shrapnel went into her belly and they took her to the hospital and they didn't know if either one of them was going to survive and it's a pretty graphic video and shows the baby being born and shows them I mean you know we don't usually see pictures of what they do when they try to revive babies but they were doing CPR and they were just you know they one of the things that said was like there's an instinct that comes and you like you, every life is valuable and you're going to do whatever you can to save this life. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I'll try to find that and put a link to that too. Cause it's worth watching, but I just, I finished watching it. The baby comes back to life. The eyes open. It starts crying. The mom lives too. And I just like the response that I had was the story is not over, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's sort of what that's like, I feel like what sums up all of this stuff that is so overwhelming is just being able to throw your fist in the air and say, the story's not over yet. And that yeah. is where the hope comes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's this, this, in this suffering, there is this, there's joy has no better place to, to sprout than suffering, you know? Mm-hmm. And this, this kind of, that kind of reminded me, Christy. So when Dietrich Bonhoeffer was in jail and he was writing these letters during the Advent season to these underground pastors and believers that were breaking the law to share about God's love during the Holocaust. And this is going on in Germany. And this is the last letter, his final letter to these people. And he talks about the joy of God. And he said, the joy of God has gone through the poverty of the manger and the agony of the cross. Mm -hmm. And that is why it is invincible and irrefutable. Mm -hmm. So we have this joy and nobody can take it away because, because Mm -hmm. God, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Does anybody have any final thoughts they wanted to throw out before we wrap up? I would just say like, I think, We've talked a lot about suffering and difficulty and finding joy in those places. But I would just like to kind of normalize if you struggle with that, like that that's okay. You know what I mean? Like I Mm -hmm. think just as somebody who the past like year to year and a half has been pretty difficult and I think I have struggled and I I told you guys I was listening to a podcast interview with a Jesuit priest Mm -hmm. and I was kind of jokingly thinking halfway through the podcast like oh I think I could be a Jesuit and then they got got to the point where they talked about how uh, most of the Jesuits this particular person had interviewed were really funny and really joyful and they just had this really like jovial (laughs) joy and I was like oh "Oh, yeah no that's not me (laughs) (laughs) but I think like to struggle for something doesn't make it any less real, you know, or any, yes. any less for you. It, mm-hmm. it, it just is different. And so I think mm-hmm. for people listening who maybe have struggled, especially in this season, like Lori said, it can be even harder for a lot of people around the holidays. That doesn't make it any less for you. You know, I think it's just important, especially also, I think Lori said, just when our culture is so, like it's everything's so shiny and sparkly and glittery and loud and mm-hmm. it can be 
easy to kind of shrink in that, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of, I don't know, curl up in the fetal position in the corner. But that's not the joy that Jesus was talking about. Like he right. wasn't, the Bible isn't talking about tinsel, you know, mm-hmm. that's, not, yeah. that's not the joy that we're seeking and that we're following after. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think it's important to remember that. Mm-hmm. Twice this also, week. Go ahead, Kayla. Um, oh, I was just going to say, and then on the flip side of that, I feel like this is kind of, you know, we have the tendency to go deep and go heavy. <laughs> um, but the joy can also be light and it can be small and it doesn't sure. have to be this like mm-hmm. profound thing. Like joy can be a child laughing or, mm-hmm. you know, it's like these small things of beauty, you know, like mm-hmm. a song that mm-hmm. connects with our soul. Like, and it's, and it's joy when we feel it with our whole heart and, and it's coming from God because it's divine and it doesn't have to, you know, we can wrestle in the tension of the hard, but also remember that there's, there's light and that we can cast our cares on him because he loves us. And, and so there's also this, you know, laughter is good and smiling is good and embracing someone you love is good. And there's Mm -hmm. joy in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, speaking of, the laughter of a child <laughs> for our little wrap-up question to end on a lighter note. I'm curious, do you guys have special guidelines that you use for gifts for your kids for Christmas? Like I've heard of the, what is it, like something to wear, something to read, something you want, something you need. I've heard the three, for, three gifts for each wise man. Like mm-hmm. do you guys have sort of things like that, parameters that you set up for, how do you do gifts? Mm-hmm. We do the four gift. Well, so we primarily, when it comes to like our individual family unit and what we give to our kids, we use, we, we do um, something you want, something you need, a surprise and something to read, which I think maybe I made up the surprise thing <laughs> because other people do like, I don't know. I've never heard anyone else say it exactly like that. So I kind of try to keep a list on my phone. I think it helps us not be totally overwhelmed. It helps me not be totally overwhelmed, but it also just keeps everything a little regulated. And I like those four categories, you know, it lets us do the fun thing, but I love that like every year we're going to get them something to read. So I know a great book. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I actually, I actually, ha- that's like one of my, Kayla's book is one of my, I can't decide which kid to give it to. That's sort of my dilemma, but. <laughs> well, I'll I do. go ahead and shamelessly tell you guys that the Harris family has a freaking free for all. <laughs> we, we don't, I mean, we have six kids. And so if we go to Target, like we don't buy toys, we do not buy random mm-hmm. crap through the year mm-hmm. for their birthdays they either get a party or they get a bunch of gifts but we don't do both so christmas is kind of like give us your list and we will look at the list and then we will get within reason the things on your list mm-hmm. so we don't count them up i mean at on christmas morning everybody's pile kind of looks the same but it's their one chance out of the whole year to be frivolous mm-hmm. if they want a particular thing they put it on the list. And if mm-hmm. we're like, no way, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll help you save the money for that, but there's no way that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love it. Like, I mean, I love Christmas wears me out, but I Christmas morning, the bomb, mm-hmm. like it just mm-hmm. is like the totally. one time all year, like 
yes, you can have that. Mm-hmm. You get a car and you get a car. Right. You know, a lot of people say, you know, what are you doing for your neighborhood for Christmas? And honestly, we do stuff for our neighborhood year round. <laughs> right. So right. Christmas right. is our, it's like our family time. Mm-hmm. And I don't make apologies about that. We no, just do our great. thing and we hunker around as a family and we really rejoice. <laughs> that sounds really sweet. Mm-hmm. It's a long year. I mean, if you're a kid, it's a long year. You have to wait for Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lindsay, what about y'all? We typically do three gifts because of the three wise men. That's okay. And somebody told me that, you know, well, when we started having kids and they started counting their presents. So mm-hmm. we've always done that. But this year we're actually doing Legoland. Um, Ooh, and fun. Yeah. So the grandparents are pitching in. And because we are Florida residents, we get annual passes for just a tiny bit more than a one-day pass, which is really nice. Wow. That's great. Oh, yeah. Cool. So between the grandparents and us, we're going to take a couple of days and go up to Legoland. And the kids <clears> have been talking about Legoland since we told them we were moving to Florida, which was like four, four, years ago, you know, so oh my gosh, wow. I've very much been anticipating and I let them help me pick out the Airbnb online that we're going to see. That's awesome. That's yeah. so is it in Orlando? Excited. Yes, okay, it is. Cool. And it also means, you know, not more crap in our house. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a win for everybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's a win. We don't have hard and fast rules. It's more, yeah, we just sort of everything in moderation, I guess. We don't Mm -hmm. have a certain number or a system, which is very in keeping with my personality. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, we also, like, Christmases were just huge affairs when I was a kid. And so that's all I have to compare it to. And so I think that we have a pretty – reasonable amount of gifts I wouldn't but I'm sure some people would say it was a lot but but yeah we try to do a few kind of big ones from Santa and then maybe like one big one from mom and dad I usually do do like one book mm-hmm. um, sometimes I, I have been doing an article of clothing but my boys are kind of at the point now where that's not really the gifts they want to be getting <laughs> right <laughs> so my um, kids want underwear every year that's always that's so really oh, socks and underwear baby they oh we do that every year for office. sure that's, that's stocking like stuff. stuff that's Hopefully. a luxury in our house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like can i get my... you toothbrush i'm like yes you can get that <laughs> my in-laws and parents so both sets of their grandparents are really awesome at like the pj socks underwear thing so mm-hmm. i feel like i never have to buy that stuff but we always have it mm-hmm. kayla have you talked what, what do you guys do no, oh, I'm just soaking up all of your goodness. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I, you know, I kind of grew up the same, same Lori, like what you were saying, like didn't really buy a lot throughout the year, but then Christmas was a really big thing for me. And then I married Johnny, who's one of six and mm-hmm. just nothing big ever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Like it was like, his dad is a pastor and they just made things work. So, it, you know, when we first got married, there was a little bit of this tension. Like I was like, woohoo Christmas. And he's like, well, you know, so we've really kind of, to me, I think we've scaled back because, you know, obviously we all know it's not about the presents and we right. 
wise about what we're purchasing and where our money's going. And now as a mom to four, I'm like, and I don't want more junk in my house. But right. <laughs> you it's know, a huge so, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like you, Shannon. We don't have a, a super hard and fast rule, but I really like learning what other people do and kind of mm-hmm. soaking up your goodness from it. Something special we we do is we celebrate Christmas Eve Eve. Mm. with our kids so just our family and then on Christmas Eve my husband's a pastor and we're at church and then we get the kids in their Christmas pajamas that they have received on Christmas Eve Eve and we drive across the state to stay at my parents house and wake up there Christmas morning so we kind of have Mm -hmm. we've kind of established our own traditions which is fun as you know we we grow and have kids and figure that out Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Well, we thank you guys for listening, for tuning in to another episode here at Upside Down Podcast. And we hope that that you do have the joy of Christ in your heart this season and always, of course. Um, And we wish you a Merry Christmas. So thank you for tuning in. Yeah, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. I'm like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm waving my self-centered flag. Um. So what do you... When, let me see. Sorry, John's going to have to edit that. Um. <laughs> oh no, did we just lose her? Oh lose, no. We just lost her. <laughs> no. Dang it. Shoot. It was so good. Dude. It was good. <laughs>